Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Hello! From the Next Reels Film Board, this is Tommy Handsome with an important announcement. The following podcast includes movie audio clips that contain unbleeped profanity. Such profanity may include Damn, Hell, Nuts, Butterf, McGee, Doodle, Captain and Toot Toot, here comes the diarrhea parade. Listening discretion is advised. 
It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday matinee. Welcome to the Next Real Saturday Matinee, our weekly show where the Next Real team gets together and we talk about the news, movie reviews, new trailers, and our weekly list challenges. I'm Ray Delancey, uh, and I am so glad to be here today in the chair for the first time. This is fun. And I am joined today by the charmingly genial Andy Nelson. Oh, charming and genial at the same time. Hi, well, thank you. you know, some people are just better than others, man. And the adorably talented Tommy Metz. <laughs> That's me. And genial to boot. All right. Good. Thank you. How you guys doing? What's uh, new in your movie lives, gents? Oh, what is new? You know, uh, I, I was playing some Oscar catch up on my end. Finally watched mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman, which I uh, really enjoyed. I thought that was a strong film. Um, the easiest thing for me to catch up on was all the documentary shorts since they're all online and they're all, you know, short. So I watched all those, just plowed through those, which was, I got to say, really depressing. <laughs> Not a lot of uplifting. There was one uplifting and four really heavy documentary shorts in there. So if you decide to do that, watch a concerto is a conversation last because that makes you happy and on a high note exactly what about you tommy i just watched promising young woman too and i really liked it i did not see that ending coming no uh, not the ending yeah. ending but where they went before the big sort of wink at the end the literal wink yeah. uh but uh yeah i really enjoyed that i just have to watch black judas and the Judas and the Black no, that can't be what it's called. Black Messiah and the Judas Man. I have to uh, watch that, and I'm looking forward to that. Where do you find all of the documentaries? Uh, the shorts. I I was just searching around online, but I mean, I can I can send all the links out. We can put all the links for all those up in the show notes. Um, I think one of them is on Netflix, which was very handy. And actually, I okay. just saw Netflix picked up one of the live action shorts also. Oh, wow. So that oh, one wow. will be easy to watch. And then um, w- uh, there's, I think, two on Vimeo and two are on like the websites for the companies that produce them. I think I think it's New York Times and The Guardian. I definitely say there's more Oscar stuff available this year than there was before. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's still it still is hard. There's still things out there that haven't that you can't access at all. It's just, you know, sure. the I guess the nature of, you know, trying to get these, you know, figuring out releases and everything. I was just trying to figure out how am I going to finally go see The Father? Because that's another one that I need to catch up on. And I, I'm going to have to go to the theaters for that one. Oh, right. I, that keeps falling off of my list. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like a doubter. Yeah, it does. But it sounds really interesting. I'm really curious because okay. the, the the style of it is supposed to be like it puts you in his mind frame. And so you're oh, seeing things that. Yeah. So I'm expecting like different people are playing different people. Like, so he's not sure who these people are. Like, that's my that's my impression of it without having seen it as oh, he goes through dementia. Back. That actually sounds fascinating. OK. Yeah. Yeah, All right. should, I mean, I'm curious. I'll let you know if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> what about you, Ray? Well, I am the odd man out. I'm the only one here that hasn't seen Promising Young Woman, but I'm hoping to remedy that soon. I've, j- I've been so incredibly busy lately that my letterboxed account is going to start suing me for alimony or something. <laughs> but um, uh, so this coming weekend, though, I'm really looking forward to finally having some time to sit down and watch something. Uh, I want to 
check out a couple of Park Chan Wook films that are going to be leaving the Criterion channel soon. Mm. Oh, cool. I also just got the new box set from Criterion of Wong Kar Wai's films. Oh, so I'm nice. looking forward to check those out. Wow. How many are in there? Uh, there's seven. Okay. Uh, you're, you're talking all fancy about Criterion and stuff. I'm just going to show you what I just picked up. <laughs> it's the Don Knotts four movie laugh pack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the ghost and Mr. Chicken. High class Chicken. there. High class, yes. Yeah. Child's that's sort of like Criterion. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like the Kmart Criterion. <laughs> it's my own Criterion, let me just tell you. Uh, I've heard it has the love god on it, which is supposed to be, it's his only PG rated movie. <laughs> oh, knots after dark. The rest I are G, I know. <laughs> and so it's supposed to be uh, really funny. So I'm quite looking forward to delving into some Don Knotts. Very nice. Who, who I always loved as a kid. It's just, it's funny how I've seen so few of his movies, and I feel like uh, Private Eyes is the one, like between Private Eyes and Three's Company, like that's the, that's my Don Knotts from, from my childhood. Sure. And some of those Disney movies that he did, like, um, uh, what was the one with him and Tim Conway, where they're uh, the Apple Dumpling the Gang. Apple Dumpling yeah, Gang. Exactly, like those sorts of things. <laughs> that's a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of me always assumed that that was like a joke or like... When they talk about a movie in a movie, <laughs> right, that's what it's just is. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apple nice. Dumpling Gang. I'm never going to watch that movie. <laughs> when I was a kid, I always liked uh, The Incredible Mr. Limpet that was a favorite of mine. Oh, is that where he's a fish? Yes. That's right. Okay. And Got it. Fights those U-boats, man. That's right. <laughs> Another interesting, an interesting blend of live action and animation, which is always fun to see. Well, speaking of criterion and fancy things, let's get into the news here. And I think the biggest thing for us to talk about would be the Oscar nominations, mm, which yes. came out shortly after the last episode of SatMap. But really interesting picks this year. Do you want to? Walk us through some of these. Well, I, I, I mean, it's interesting because this is, I don't know. I, I wonder, <laughs> like, is this going to be a year that has like the asterisk, you know, like the, <laughs> the baseball 61 right. uh, yeah. sort of thing? Like, because it's such a strange year, you know, it's, sure, it's yeah. so many movies got pushed back. And, you know, not to sell any of these short, you know, I don't want to like take away from any of the quality of these, but it is interesting. Like, if COVID didn't happen, what would our lineup be? Like, how much would this have changed? I, <laughs> right. I can't help but but wonder, um, you know, because we all know Black Widow probably would have been the top pick, right? <laughs> <laughs> so any Academy Award won this year should just be like, this is a handicap award or something. I don't know. Well, it's just, it's so funny. I mean, and again, I don't want to take away from the quality because, I mean, there are some really strong films in the lineup, although it does make me wonder, and this is what always happens with the Oscars, what, you know, what got picked that shouldn't have gotten picked and what right. didn't, what, like, what got left out. Um, I mean, I, I suppose it'd be interesting. I don't know how, how much you two are up on all this, but do you have any that you would say are like the ones that either you're really happily surprised it made it or you're very upset that it didn't? Because I'll tell you're you right about now. snubs and flubs? Yeah, exactly. Like my right. biggest snub for me would be the fact that the uh, five bloods didn't get really oh, right. yeah. hardly any nominations. I think it just got a nomination for uh, was it just the score? 
And um, and I, I mean, for me, the biggest one would have been Delroy Lindo. No, Delroy Lindo across. Yeah, I wasn't a, a big fan of the movie overall, but I'm just so surprised. He just but, seemed yeah. like such a lock. And then to yeah, be just yeah. X'd out of everything. I wonder if it's because he was playing a unrepentant Trump supporter that maybe it, that just left a bad taste in people's mouth or they're tired of mm. politics well, or something. I don't, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Right. Cause it's so hard to say because otherwise it's like, I mean, he's just as good, if not better than some of the other people. I mean, I haven't seen, uh, I still haven't seen Ma Rainey's black bottom that Chadwick Boseman was post- right. posthumously yeah. nominated for or the father or Minari yet. And so, I mean, I, I hear great things, but still I would love to have seen uh, him get uh, a nomination here because I just thought that he, he made that film for me. I mean, it's not my favorite Spike Lee movie either, but for me, Delroy Lindo, absolutely should have been uh, recognized here. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking at the list of movies nominated for Best Picture, I just can't help but think how it's... I don't know if you guys feel this way or if I'm just being an idiot, but it's hard for me to get used to, like, Netflix titles being considered (laughs) for the Academy Award or Amazon Prime. Is that because... Uh, like now they are just being released on Netflix. Cause I mean, we've had them for the last few years, like the mm-hmm. Irishman and Roma and things like that, that have been nominated for, for these awards, but they were also getting released in theaters with everything else. Now it's just such a change because, well, it's Netflix. And now it just feels like, yeah, you're just going to go turn on Netflix and watch the trial of the Chicago seven. I right. mean, is that, is that really, do you think that's why you feel that way? Yeah, I don't know if it part of it's because it feels more like TV. I don't know if part of it's because it just feels like it's not one of the big studios or something. I don't know. Uh, nowadays, it is really. No, it, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. I'm waiting for there to be a nomination from something that plays on those little screens at the gas pumps, <laughs> like those little things that play. Like that'll, that'll be a short or something, and I'll be like, "That was." Have you been to, to Shell? It is breathtaking. You know, now we know the market that Quibi should have moved into. Absolutely, <laughs> that's yes, the gas right? pumping. I've got yeah. I've got about three minutes while I'm going to be pumping my gas. Give me a short <laughs> film I can watch while we're doing this. They missed their target. Anything else that we should touch on with the upcoming Oscars before we move on? You know, I, I mean, it's there's a lot of really interesting things that are getting nominated um, and things that didn't. I, I don't know. I, I, I the diversity I is is pretty outstanding. There, yeah, absolutely. Comparatively, there's, at least, yeah, mm-hmm. right. As uh, from previous years, absolutely, which is great to see. You know, I'm curious. I'm going to try to watch as many things that, as I can across the board um, and just see see what I can kind of glean from all of that to see if there's stuff that um that i think should have and shouldn't have been nominated but uh, i don't know as always i feel like i'm always going into oscar season (laughs) ill-prepared you know and that's i guess that's the world of not being a movie critic where you're not getting the screeners and all that sort of stuff and it's just like i have so much catching up to do to see if i really can wrap my head around uh, kind of the full scope of the thing. Right. This is the least excited I've been about the Oscars that I can remember in my life. Just sort of like how I didn't end up watching the Golden Globes. Like, it's just, we're just not normal yet. And so (laughs) the Oscars, it's just, it's not going to be anything the same. The Oscars is usually my Super Bowl. Um, And even though I've seen a lot of the movies this time, I just, yeah, I'm having trouble. It just sort of feels like we're pretending still. 
Yeah, I, I am right there with you. I'm not nearly as excited as I was last year or the year before. And I think it's mostly because it's such slim pickings and it kind of just feels like, uh, well, here's all the stuff that you didn't eat before. Uh, take the best of the worst, so to speak. Well, I think that their movies are better than that. It's not um, like, yeah, well, that, that's harsh. Okay, I, I don't mean it as harsh as I came off. I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I think that they there are some really strong films. Um, I, I, I would be curious in a normal year, like what would have gotten nominated. And I guess the only way we'll really know is as those films that should have come out in 2020, as they eventually get released, are right. they going to end up having the buzz? Like, are we going to see them making waves in 2021, 2022, whenever they finally get released? I guess I'll be curious to see. Well, uh, we mentioned Netflix earlier. Well, I mentioned Netflix earlier. And speaking of Netflix, segue, there is mm-hmm. an upcoming Netflix project coming out. It's a, a limited series about Jeffrey Dahmer. And I found it r- a really interesting casting choice that they chose Evan Peters to star as Jeffrey Dahmer. And it, it's crazy because I read that headline and at first I'm like, <laughs> Huh? And then I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, dude, he could totally pull that off. Yeah. He, I mean, he kind of looks uh, like him. He really does. No, and he has that sort of boyishness, and we know he can be a creep because of all of the American horror story things. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you found it surprising, though. As soon as I read Ryan Murphy, I was like, well, it's either going to be Jessica Lange or Evan Peters. Like, he's just got like a handful of people that he seems he has to put in everything. Right. Luckily, I'm an Evan Peters fan, so I'm fine with that. But, now, what yeah. would you do if it was Jessica Lange playing Jeffrey Dahmer? I'd be in. <laughs> yeah, I, I always watch I always watch uh, every Ryan Murphy uh thing wondering like okay so wh- which episode did they go oh no we're out of story <laughs> like we blew through <laughs> like there always there's always just the sense of so much cocaine in these writing rooms because they blow through everything in like half a season they're like we have wh- how many more okay now we're in yeah. now there's an alien or now there's a thing i just like seeing the desperation in it Um, (laughs) Yeah, I only watched the first season of American Horror Story, but I definitely felt it even then. I'm like, it was really good. And then I'm like, and it got to the end. I'm like, that's that's how we're ending? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I do love his stuff. I think that um, the stuff that I have seen, I really do enjoy. Um, I really wanted to see the one that he did about the making of um, whatever happened to Baby Jane. I thought that Ooh, looked dual? really dual. incredible. I didn't and even know about this. It was really good. Yeah, it was really and we, strong. And who it was? It was Jessica Lange and uh, Susan Sarandon. Is that uh-huh. right? I, I mean, just the casting right there, that movie in and of itself is like such a crazy ass movie. I just love, I love how twisted it and weird it is. And just, the, I mean, God, Betty Davis is just going all out in that one. So that's so fun. And watching the two of them and the, and the behind the scenes stories, I, I really want to find that one somehow and, and check it out. So right. it's really good. That and his American uh, crime story about um, OJ. I think is two of the strongest stuff that he's ever done. Is that the um, Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yes, yes, right. Yes. Yeah. And okay. Evan Peters probably. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Peters uh, plays the judge. <laughs> it's just like, all right. <laughs> and Jessica Lang plays his wife. Yeah. <laughs> nice. But, uh, um, 
So, so the Dahmer series, uh, I think it's interesting. It's being told largely from the point of view of his victims. So not so much focusing on him. And interesting. Like, like each episode would follow one person and then he'd get killed. Is that kind of idea? That's what it looks like. Because like, cause the show is going to span the length of his life starting in the sixties and then going up to his arrest in 1991 and his last victim uh, the one that actually managed to escape, which led to his arrest, uh, is going to be one of the people that they focus on as well as. Um, mm. So, th- yeah, I mean, that looks really interesting. And it's uh, it's got a couple of people pinned down to star in it other than Evan Peters. Uh, Sean J. Brown will play Dahmer's last intended victim. Uh, you might have seen him in the series Run on HBO. Um huh. I've not oh, watched it. Oh, the one it. where they, yeah, with Dom and Gleason, Don Hall, yeah, Gleason. Don, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, also is, I don't know how you pronounce uh, her name, but Nicey or Nisi Nash. Uh, Nisi she, Nash. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. you go. Okay. Nisi Nash uh, is going to be the female lead, and she's going to be playing Dahmer's neighbor who called the police huh. multiple times to try to alert them to his behavior. Um, oh, okay, and I think that's one of the things they said they're going to tr- focus on in this series is the victims, but also on the incompetence of the police that allowed this killer to oh, do so, so much damage. Yeah, right, right. So wow, okay, and where's and you said that's a Netflix show, huh? That is a Netflix show. I don't think I saw a projected date because he's just doing things for netflix right ryan murphy signed an overall i think that's why like prom and hollywood and everything all of his stuff now is i think just netflix okay okay that's interesting cool there's that wow well interesting piques my curiosity for sure so evan peters you know everyone's complaining that he wasn't quicksilver the real quicksilver Spoiler oh, in WandaVision. Alert, in WandaVision. <laughs> so that segues us to the uh, MCU. That was a really sloppy segue, but I'm taking what I can get. And um, <laughs> speaking of the MCU, there's now news that Black Widow will, in fact, be coming to Disney Plus uh, as well as theaters on the same day, which will be July 9th. However, it is one of those deals where you have to pay uh, the additional premiere access fee, which is $30. So oh. we do finally have a day pegged down after mm. what it was it now, four or five uh, postponements. A full year. Yeah, right. A full of, yeah, of a full year, right. Um, I mean, that's great. I, I, I certainly don't. I mean, it's something I want to see. I'm at a point right now where I'll say, hey, you know what? I'll go watch it in the movie theater. Yeah. So there. Right. I, I've had both shots. So I'm wow, feeling, feeling, feeling good about going out to the movie theater and catching up on some stuff. Yeah. All, and likewise, uh, the live action Cruella movie is going yeah. to be in theaters and Disney Plus simultaneously. And that's um, May 28th. I think I'll skip that one. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it, I, I honestly don't think I've liked a single one of these live action adaptations. Uh, You've missed all the good ones then. I'll just tell you. <laughs> okay. Pete's okay. Dragon far exceeds the uh, original I, story. Well, it I is, actually have not seen Pete's Dragon. So. I, this, I, like I am Jungle telling you, Book. you're missing it. Jungle Book is fantastic. And the Jungle Book like is the Jungle Foster's Book. favorite movie. 
Is it? He usually doesn't <laughs> so notice really. TVs, but while I was watching that movie, he just sat on the couch and just stared at the TV the entire time. It was awesome. You're kidding. That's no, crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so so I liked The Jungle Book. Um, I thought actually Cinderella that Kenneth Branagh did was actually pretty good. I haven't um, seen that one, but I, I love Lily James and Kenneth Branagh. So. Yeah, yeah. But but still, I think by far, I think Pete's Dragon, uh, it's, it's the proof that you need to take something that was done before, ideally something that wasn't that good, Mm-hmm. And modify it and find a way to kind of re- revisit it in, a, in an exciting new way. And uh, they just did an incredible job with Pete's Dragon. It's, it's such a good film. So definitely worth checking that one out. Nice. I definitely will at some point, especially, yeah. you know, with a Disney Plus account. I'll be so. rewatching it soon um, because I'm finally getting into the uh, 2010s with my Robert Redford marathon, <laughs> which I've been doing for a very long time, going through How his whole filmography. Now? Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, since the 60s. So it's taken me a while to get to this point, but I'm like, I only have a decade left. So, uh, <laughs> is he in the apple dumpling gang? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, sadly, or maybe not so sadly, I, it's yeah. one that I worry about not actually being that good. So okay. I'm okay not revisiting apple dumpling gang. I think Got he it. was in the bread pudding gang. <laughs> <laughs> That was dumb. Okay. Well, uh, so I think that's about all the news we've got for today. So let's do trailers. All right. And Looks like Mr. Nelson got his in first. So what you got, Andy? I have a trailer for, you know, I thought it was a Hulu um, original documentary, but it turns out it's an original documentary series. So it is it is a, a miniseries. I have no idea how many episodes it's going to be. But I have always been fascinated by Bigfoot. And in fact, uh, I was working on a script for a while about Bigfoot um, that was going to be kind of a uh, uh, a found footage type of story. And I, I thought it'd be really cool. And then somebody did it. So it's oh, like, oh. okay, that's a bummer. I'll stop that project. But still, I'm fascinated by the idea. And uh, then, And then this movie comes along and it's a documentary called Sasquatch. Someone doesn't have to be out in the woods too long to feel like I might not belong here and something is going to take me out. I've been a journalist for about 25 years, embedding with street gangs, going undercovers in neo-Nazi skinhead. And I'm going to tell you the craziest story I've ever heard. I was working on a cannabis farm up in Northern California. I remember a guy telling me about three bodies torn to pieces. He said a Bigfoot killed those guys. A Bigfoot murdered three guys on a dope farm. There's always been rumors of legendary violence. The story of Sasquatch or of man-like monsters has been with us from the very beginning. There's a belief in supernatural forces that runs deeper up here than most places. You believe that Sasquatch can teleport? No. Yes, you do. No, I do not. you You do. Do not go there. The Emerald Triangle is famous worldwide for producing cannabis plants. It's just the best in the world. People came here to get rich quick. They don't want outsiders up there. The rate of missing persons cases is the highest in the United States by far. Old-time cannabis growers are willing to sit down and talk to me, but there's no way they're ever going to go on camera. Plenty of people have been killed up there and never found. I'm venturing into dangerous territory with all these hippies listening to the Grateful Dead, but packing an AR-15. 
We probably have more bodies than we could even count. It's pretty bad. Tell me about the crime that your son witnessed. I really can't talk about that. People pass through here and they just see how beautiful it is. They have no idea the shit that goes on in this area. As scary as some of these stories are, we still want to figure it out. People are afraid of the unknown. The evidence convinces me that Sasquatch is dangerous. It scared the crap out of me. I don't know if I believe in Bigfoot, but I sure as hell believe there are monsters among us. This story follows an investigative journalist uh, named David Holdhouse, who has, you know, he's investigated a lot of different things. And here he is. He was investigating this story about a triple homicide that happened 25 years ago. And people say it was at the hands of Bigfoot. And just kind of like his reaction to that uh, totally cracked me up because he just kind of was rolling his eyes like, uh, yeah, so this is the journey I'm going to be taking here. And then the trailer starts moving along and all of a sudden it turns into this like marijuana story about this, what's called the Emerald Triangle up in kind of the, the north northern corner of, of California and Oregon in the Redwoods, where apparently it's a huge place for pot farms. And apparently this is where that happened. And now there's these stories about, is there a Sasquatch we're lurking about? Are there just people who are being protective of their crops and they're killing people? What's really going on in this particular corner of the country? And it's just like you're hearing this from, from people who sound pretty sane. And then there are people who, who are in the trailer saying, well, yeah, you're, you believe that Bigfoot can levitate or transport, you know, teleport himself and stuff. And, yeah. and it's like, what is going on in this trailer? Like, it's just it's like this strange blend of like this crime story of like murder in the forest because of pot farms and Sasquatch. And I just don't know what's going on, but I just was totally in. I'm like, sign me up. I want to watch this uh, this show. So that's my trailer, Sasquatch. What'd you guys think? I loved this thing. The thing I like the most about it is if you watch this trailer, you can watch it from either perspective of believer or skeptic and yeah. feel comfortable with the way this trailer is presented. It mm. like it caters to both camps, I think. And I think this thing looks phenomenal. And I think if I can swing it, this is going to be a day one watch for me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it, it was interesting when I was watching it. I was like, well, Sasquatch isn't real. So something else happened. And then they're like, oh, there's a bunch of drug dealers in the woods. And I was like, well, they did it. <laughs> what are you talking? Why are we still talking about a big monkey man? There's a bunch of people with guns and drugs in the forest. I think I have a guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But then you and then there are these people like that guy who is practically crying in his car. He's like, I was just right? so scared. It's like, yeah. what is what is going on? Like, is it somebody who dresses up and like tries to scare people and kill people? Like, I just I don't know. But yeah, color me fascinated. This, of course, is premiering on April 20th, 420 uh, next month. That's when <laughs> oh, it, I didn't that's even notice that. the connection. That's yeah, that's when it debuts on Hulu. So it's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to check it out. Sasquatch. I'm more most interested in about it because the Duplass brothers are involved. Yes. There's such a stamp of quality that it'd be worth. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so, for mentioning that, too. That totally caught my eye as I saw the credits for this. I'm like, oh, OK, interesting. I love that they're involved in this. So I am up next. And my movie is a little film called Alice Fades Away. Tell me about Alice. Don't say that name to me. Do wishes come true? Yeah, wishes come true. I wished for you and you came true. 
What's she like? She's empty eyes. Like she's missing a soul. When are we gonna go home? We don't have a home anymore, and we need to get used to that. Why are you telling me this? Because that boy is all that I have left. I'm here to rescue my son. I have no idea what you're capable of. People come and go all the time here, Alice. We don't ask, and they don't need to tell. Carol comes from a very powerful family. Where is he now? Something's coming. Go get my grandson. Bring him home. There's a man out there in the field. We're not safe, are we? No. There are a lot of good people here, and I don't want to see them hurt. I'm sorry. No, you're not. I caused this. That man out there is cruel and sadistic. Something that ugly doesn't deserve to be in this world anymore. I'll find you, but I have to try. And it turned out that this movie actually came out last month, and I didn't even hear about it until now. But um, this is about a troubled young woman in the 1950s in, in New England, and she stumbles upon an isolated farmhouse, and she's taken in by its idealistic residents until a murderous figure from her past arrives. I uh, picked this trailer Mostly because I saw William Sadler in the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, William Sadler, I'll take him any day and every yes. day. Yep. And I watched this trailer and this guy, this looks like it's going to be a crappy movie or middling movie. Or maybe not. I don't know. It looks like a middling movie to me. But his performance looks like it's like he's trying to go for an award here. I mean, he looks really invested in it. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? It does look, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but it looks kind of cheap. Like it was the lighting or something. It look, it doesn't look great. Uh, but then William Sadler, it also, I get the feeling that maybe William Sadler is in one scene. And he's the reason <laughs> that it got funding because they keep going back to that speech that he's given and he's wearing the same tie. And I'm like, okay, so you're Morgan Freemaning it. You like <laughs> jump in, do something from behind a desk and then you're out. But no, I mean, that would make it worth to watch because I'm such a huge William Sadler fan. I think he's outstanding. You got my hopes up now, man. I'm sorry. He's, he's such a fun actor to watch and stuff like, uh, I don't know. It took me back to Die Hard 2 is generally where I go with that. But yep. Shawshank. Uh, uh, yeah, Shang Shang. I mean, he's in all sorts of great stuff. Um, I, you know, this definitely looked low end. It looked like an independent film. It looked yeah. like they, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's the money, if it's the sound mix, the, but certainly you're right. The look just had this this look to it that just didn't look like. Did they cut the trailer and they hadn't finished coloring it yet? Like what? That's what. It, right, what was yeah, it about? Um, it just everything felt kind of flat and dull. Um, both both visually and orally your sound, you know, it just, it right. didn't ring to me. And so 
it looked potentially intriguing. I guess this is one of those indie films that I'd really have to hear more positive word about before I invested my time and money and into it because I just wasn't I wasn't convinced from the trailer that it was worth it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a first time feature length film for the director Ryan Bliss. If you want to check it out, it's already on the internet. It doesn't look like it's affiliated with any one particular streaming service, so rent it wherever you rent films. And as of right now, since it's out, I will tell you it has a 5.3 out of 10 Oof. on IMDb. So About William Sadler, did you guys ever see his Tales from the Crypt episode? He was on the very no. first HBO Tales from the Crypt, and it's one of my favorite episodes. You can find it on YouTube. It's called The Man Who Was Death. You can uh -huh. only find it on YouTube right now. Um, and he plays an electrocutioner, an executioner, who's an electric person who sort of goes rogue and becomes a um, – What's it called when you take the law into your own hands? Vigilante. Vigilante. That's it. And he is great in it. And he's got this like sort of like um, New Orleans accent that he swathes over everything. And it's really good. I would highly recommend it. It's only, you know, like 20 minutes long or something. The Man Who Was Death. It's the very first Tales from the Crypt. And it's really good. I thought that when you said William Sadler, the man who played death, I thought you meant Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> oh, because he literally played it. He literally right. played it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, my trailer is enforcement or enforcement because it is French. I know nothing about it, but I'm a really big fan of action movies where they're like, we're here and we got to get all the way over there because, you know, it's going to be filmed in like real time. He's going through. It seems to be that this guy is trying to protect someone who everyone in the entire world is out to kill. And I like those kind of movies. Like I like Raid. I liked um, SWAT. Mm. SWAT is a junk movie, but it's fun because they like, <laughs> have to get across the town. Uh -huh. uh, after that, one guy goes, I will give you a million dollars to anyone who gets me out of here. That's always such the weirdest <laughs> line reading I've ever seen. But yeah, it was, like eight, was it 18 blocks? Is that the, uh, the Bruce Willis one? Is that how many Correct. blocks it was? Oh, was Bruce Willis in it? I no, don't remember. I think 16 blocks. 16 blocks. 16 blocks. Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't seen that one. Right. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I thought you went, how many blocks did they have to get across in oh, SWAT? No. And I was like, <laughs> seems like a very detailed question. Back off, Andy. <laughs> I don't own it. I totally do. Um, anyway, so enforcement, it looks like a stylish, maybe kind of cool action-y that we don't really get a lot uh, yeah. recently. So it seemed exciting. So I'd like to see it. It looks really good. It looks great. It is Danish, not French, just just to uh, correct oh, you on that. Oh. Yeah. But but it actually <laughs> reminded me of the French film uh, Les Miserables, which came out uh, in 2019, I think, uh, which was a really fantastic crime film that looks similar to this, where some cops make a mistake and they get caught in the crossfire of this very volatile situation. They have to see if they can figure out how to get out. And that doesn't necessarily, um, that's not, that's completely different stories, but I, I'm totally with you on this one, the way that these two uh, cops are stuck in this situation where they have to figure out how to get across this whole, uh, area and uh, honestly what sold me most on this is when it said you know it's kind of clearly inspired by the the people like walter hill and Mm -hmm. john carpenter i'm like right i'm right there i totally totally want to see this now because that would be like what assault on new york or assault assault on precinct 13 13. escape Uh, from new york escape from new york oh i made it all one big director (laughs) okay perfect yeah but and, and walter hill is just you know he does the very gritty types of things a lot of stuff like some of writing on alien and the warriors mm-hmm. and um even gosh going back to the bruce willis one that he did that was the remake of yojimbo um that i'm blanking on right now but um so i i just think that when you're mentioning names like that with a film like this i'm sold do you want to know a fun little uh what you call it i love what you call it yes uh, coincidence do you know who directed the man who was death in William Sadner in the very first Tales from the Crypt, Walter Hill. I'm not joking. You really? He directed that episode that I think everyone should go watch. So, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, so we're all apparently in the singularity. Okay. <laughs> I thought this movie looked a lot like a mesh between Le Samurai and that forgettable Bruce Willis movie, 16 Blocks. Hey, now. Hey, <laughs> you just brought up 16 Blocks. How could you? <laughs> And that was sorry, totally not a forgettable that. film. That was a great film. I honestly don't remember it very well, to be honest oh, with you. Totally worth watching. Totally but, worth watching. Um, I, this looks like the. I love the style of this film. It looked very fresh to me. Mm-hmm. It looked like something that a familiar territory, but seen in a new way. If that makes any sense, it just looks different. It looks like it was made by someone who was hungry. For sure. success, or I don't know. <laughs> I'm just yeah. ra- uh, anyway. So, when does that come out again? We'll never know. I always forget. <laughs> uh, that's like the one thing that I always forget to look up. Um, I, well, it was coming out like this weekend, like a, or it or it just came out or something. Like oh, I remember, we missed it. Oh well, I remember looking. So um, okay, March nineteenth. So it's out there. Perfect enforcement. Mm-hmm. Danish. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> Those are our trailers, which brings us to this week's game. So this is my first game, so I'm sure it will never measure up to the likes of Kyle and Rob. Big shoes to fill. But this is a little game that I like to call John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Movie Music Madness. Oh, I like that movie by John Carpenter. I do, too. I'm a big Sam Neill fan. Yeah. (laughs) So a fantastic one, yeah. What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at popular music in movies. Mm, and okay. there's going mm. to be two rounds and an optional bonus round. And they're going to be fairly short. So uh, 
in the first round, what I will do is I will name a song. I'll give you the song title and the artist. After that, I will give you the names of four movies. You tell me which one the song was not in of the four movies that I list to you. Oh, holy cow. Okay. We'll go back and forth. I'm going to start okay. with Tommy. And <gasps> each question, if you get it right, is worth a point. And if the person gets it wrong, you have a chance to steal. Mm-hmm. All right. And the points do matter, by the way, because there is a prize. Ah, if, I love prizes. <laughs> if you win for your birthday, I will sing you your favorite Rihanna or Chumba Wumba song. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that is the prize. My year has been made. Assuming yeah. I win, of course. Okay, so round one, Tommy, we start with you. Okay. Which film did not feature this song? Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. The choices are Casino. Yep. Adventure, <laughs> adventures in Babysitting. Uh-oh. The Irishman. Yep. Flight. Okay. Let's see. Do you remember when <laughs> – what was it? When um, The uh, Departed came out. Yeah, yeah. And what's his name? Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese gave an interview and he was like, I was sitting in traffic and I couldn't figure out what's a great music cue to have when we show um, Jack Nicholson walking across the screen. And then from two cars over, Gimme Shelter started playing. And I was like, that's it. And I was like, have you never seen any of your movies, Scorsese? You use that song all the time. What do you mean? It was like, thank God I was in traffic, you big eyebrow weirdo. You love that song so much. Okay. So, um, okay, I know it's in flight. Um, I have to assume, see, Adventures in Babysitting, what's that doing in there? So I think you're setting me up with this casino Irishman thing. Okay, I'm going to say Adventures in Babysitting. And you are incorrect. Rats! Andy, <laughs> would you like to take a chance at the steal? Uh, casino, Adventures in Babysitting, The Irishman, and what was the fourth one? Flight. Flight. He seemed awfully sure about flight, so I feel like I need to yeah, leave that in there. I don't know why there. I showed my work. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say The Irishman. And you are correct. Wow. You know, Tommy, you had me figured out and then you went against your own advice. And then I went against and I said babysitting. Why did I do that? I had the entire world in my hands. I was trying to throw you with a second Scorsese. Although he did use that song in three of his films. If you don't include the Rolling Stones documentary he made. Right. All right. The next song is for Andy. Okay. Your song is White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Okay. Mm. And the four movies are Platoon, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, or The Game. Well, I know it's in the game. Uh, I feel Very like that famously movie. in the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I, gosh, we just covered Platoon. And now I'm like, <laughs> was that one of the songs that they 
they played um, because it's such a trippy sort of Vietnam type of song. But I, I don't feel like it was. But um, what were the other two again? It was Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That is the one of those songs. Like, I feel like everyone in Vietnam just listened to White Rabbit and <laughs> Fortunate Son on a repeat. Right. Exactly. Like we forgot to write other songs. <laughs> 100%. Um, I feel like Fear and Loathing makes sense. Ferris Bueller seems weird to me, and I can't think of where that song would be as I go through the movie in my head. I'm going to say Ferris Bueller. And you are correct. All right. Well done. <laughs> what if White Rabbit was the song that he sang in the parade? <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> What a, and that same group is still like dancing along to it, just looking all surprised. Right. That would be so funny. Go ask Alice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Tommy, your song, <laughs> your song for you and for the dogs that say goodnight, What a <laughs> Wonderful World by yep. Louis Armstrong. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And the choices are (laughs) the dogs say goodnight. I forgot about that. Yeah. For those real quick, for those of you that don't know on an episode of what's that smell, Tommy told the story about how he always thought the words to this song were uh, when the dogs say goodnight instead of the bright blessed day and the dogs say goodnight (laughs) (laughs) instead of the dark sacred night. And I believe that for a real long time. (laughs) I love that story. But um, so what a wonderful world by Louis Armstrong. And here are your choices. Mm. Good morning, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. 12 monkeys. Mm -hmm. Love actually. Mm. Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. Oh, boy. (laughs) What is this? Murderer's roast. That's a tough one. I know that it's in. Well, I shouldn't show my work. I'm sure he knows. Of course, it gets a huge (laughs) montage break in Good Morning Vietnam. Um, So I know it's in that. I've never seen Guantanamo Bay. I think I forgot that that was a real – I thought that was sort of up there with apple dumpling. (laughs) Um, I will say – what was the second movie you said? Uh, Twelve Monkeys. That seems like a weird Gilliam thing that he'd do. What's the third movie? (laughs) Love Actually. And what's the answer? Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say – Ugh, I got nothing. I'm going to say love, actually. Weird choice. And you win. You got oh, it. Hooray. <laughs> hooray. Okay, good. Awesome. That was very lucky. I thought you were, I, I in my head, I said I was going to say 12 Monkeys because I know Blueberry Hill is the song that's very oh, prevalent yeah. oh, in right. that film. But I forgot that A Wonderful World was also used. I should watch that again. I haven't watched that movie in a long time. That's a good one. Okay. All right. Great job, Tommy. And Thank you. Your next All song right. is Walking on Sunshine by <laughs> Katrina oh. and the Waves. Love it. Okay. And your choices are Look Who's Talking, American <laughs> Psycho, High Fidelity, or 16 Candles. Wow, tough. <sighs> Jeez. Oh, tough, um, tough. Uh, boy, American Psycho, I feel like he was listening to a lot of 80s pop, so I I can't remember for sure if that song was one of them, but I feel like it might, it very well could fit. High Fidelity, it doesn't feel like the type of music that they would include in their list of music that they were playing in that one. 16 Candles, weirdly, I feel like came out before the song came out, so that <laughs> Might be oh. that one. What was the very first one? I'm, I'm forgetting now. Look who's talking. Okay. Look who's talking. 
I just really have no idea. I'm pretty clueless on this one. I'm just going to wing it and say high fidelity because it seems like an odd choice for them the music in that movie incorrect Uh oh shoot all right tommy would you like the chance to steal do i lose a point if i get it wrong nope (laughs) then i absolutely would like to try (laughs) um look who's talking feels right what was the second one again american psycho interesting and then high fidelity which andy said and 16 candles i'm wondering if you're hiding it within american psycho because it's certainly not by Huey Lewis, and that's the big uh, yeah, obsession right, right. that he has. I'm going to go out on a limb and think that you're being a sneaky, and I'm going to say American Psycho. You are incorrect. It is in American Psycho. The, cor- <laughs> the correct answer was 16 Candles. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. huh. I did it come out? Did the song come out after the movie or before? I, I yeah, believe after. so, yeah. Okay. Oh, I why don't I listen to Andy Cotto? <laughs> <laughs> you gave me the answer, and I was like, I'm going to say Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> All right. He's the wheeze. We're on the last last question of this round for each of you. Okay. So your last question of this round, Tommy. The song is, I mean, For What It's Worth by Buffalo Springfield. What is that song? Oh, is that the one that goes, something's going on around here? Something's, something's going on around here? That's not how it is, but there's something here. happening here. Got it. Okay. What is it? So okay, Forrest done. Gump and then Forrest Gump. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the, the That's the third Vietnam song. Of, right. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's such, it's such an easy category for this game. Your choices are Hot Shots Part Du. <laughs> <laughs> For- <laughs> Forrest Gump. Nice. Legally Blonde 2. <laughs> or Tropic Thunder. Uh, Tropic Thunder feels right. I I said Forrest Gump before you said it, so I feel pretty good about that. So it's Legally Blonde 2 or Hot Shots Part 2. <laughs> um, Battle of the Sequels. I'll say, yeah. Um <laughs> Hot Shots, they did do like a Rambo-y joke, right? Didn't they have to go back and get him from the jungle? So there's room for it. I'm going to say Legally Blonde 2 for no reason. (laughs) You are incorrect, sir. Oh, crap. That was the one I was going to go with? (laughs) Andy. (laughs) Okay. uh, So is it Forrest Gump and- Forrest Gump, Hot Shots Part 2. Hot Shots Part (laughs) 2 or Legally Blonde 2, if you want to say that one again. Ah, oh, geez. Well, I, gosh, I I feel like I should say Hot Shots Part Two because I feel like it has to be in those other two. But maybe I'm wrong. You got it. Hot Shots. Hey. All right, Andrew. <laughs> so good. The last song for Andy. All right. Staying alive by the Bee oh, okay. okay. Tony Romero. <laughs> that is not a choice. Okay. Uh, your choices are, though, A Night at the Roxbury, uh, A Knight's Tale, e. Happy <laughs> Death Day to You, or Ready Player oh. One. Great oh. choices. Holy cow. This one is rough. <sighs> okay. Staying Alive. I feel like it, I don't know. It seems like something that would totally be in Ready Player One. And what was the third choice? Happy death day to you. It, it feels like it has to be in that. 
because the whole idea of right. getting killed over and over, staying alive, just makes makes it funny. Um, and then the first choice was a night at the Roxbury. Boy, I think it's going to be that because I feel like that's. I can't remember all the songs that were in a Knight's Tale, um, but it used so many modern songs that I just feel like that one makes sense. So I'm going to say the first choice. Night at the Roxbury? Yeah. You are incorrect. Oh. Ready Player One, I remember when he's trying on different outfits, I think he goes, that's one of the ones that he uses before he ends up going with Buckaroo Banzai. So maybe they played like a snap it of it. A snap it's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> I love Happy Death Day to you. I, for the life of me, cannot... I'm going to say Happy Death Day to you. All right. You are incorrect. (laughs) The correct answer was A Knight's Tale. Oh, wow. All right, all right. That's a great pick, though, because that seems like something that would be in The Knight's Tale. Because that was like the whole conceit of the movie, right? They used a bunch of anachronistic songs. Great job, Ray. I hate this game. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. It was fun. We'll move on to the final round, and I'm actually going to shorten it a bit just because we're running short of time. So I found the top five movie soundtracks of all time. Now, I'm going to give each of you a chance to name as many of them as you can, okay? You get a point for each one that you name. You get an additional point if you get its ranking on the list correct, and you get two points if you sing that sing a song from it. Okay, so these are these are soundtracks that are made up of songs, not the scores. Right. So okay. not scores, just uh, soundtracks with popular music. Are they? Do they include ones that are inspired by music inspired by the motion picture? <laughs> well, n- no, you will not. You will not see that on this list. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tommy is trailing three to one, so we'll let Tommy go first. What? do you think are the top five best-selling soundtracks of all time and, f- and feel free to rank them if you like. No. <laughs> <laughs> the ranking will just, that'll boondoggle me. So I'm just going to say Saturday night fever. Okay. Batman, the, the Prince, um, 1989, 1989. This town needs an enema. Wait, would Moulin Rouge count? Yeah, no, that right. would count. So I'm going to say Moulin Rouge. Love is a many splendid thing. What? Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Forrest Gump. Shrimp is the fruit of the sea. You can barbecue it, boil it, brawl it, bake it, saute it. Days and on I have one more? Mm-hmm. Shrimp Creole. Oh, I'm so bad at this game. Music. What is good for music? <laughs> Think of the right answer, Tom. Dirty Dancing. I, I'm just going to say, for somebody who says he's missing everything, I'm like, those I those are great picks. I don't know what I would pick differently. Well, Tommy got two. All right. Holy cow. He got Dirty Dancing. And, sat- <laughs> and Saturday Night Fever. Oh, wow. right. So I don't know how I came up with Dirty Dancing. It just came out of the blue. That's wonderful. So right now the score is tied. Okay. Oh, geez. Andy, you have a chance to name three <laughs> movies. And if you even get one, you win. Ah, 
I mean, he pretty much said everything that I would say. I'm trying to think what other soundtracks, because like Batman totally seems like one that sold like like hotcakes when that one came out. And I will tell you, uh, I'll give you a little hint. The soundtracks that are left, most of them are known primarily for a particular song, more so than the entire soundtrack. Jeez. Mm. Oh, I don't know if that helps me at like all. Ghost. Um, oh, yeah, that's a... God, but I would, I would think that Batman would sell more than, than Ghost. Yeah. You know? I will say, I'm trying to think really popular songs, like the song from Princess Bride, that was a really popular song, but I'm like, would that, like, is it that popular of a song? I don't think it is. What song is from Princess Bride? Oh, the storybook love song. Oh, the Flashdance song. Um, Ooh. Flashdance. What a um, feeling. Why am I helping? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Oh, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop is totally one. (laughs) Beverly Hills Cop is one of them. Totally is Beverly Hills Cop. Top Gun. Beverly Hills Top Gun. Beverly Hills Top Gun. Uh, Purple Rain. Purple Rain. <laughs> All right. And those are your wow. picks. Those are those three. Yes. You got none. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Who is listening to the, the wrong songs out there? Yeah. Okay. I will list you the top five. Okay. Holy cow. Uh, going in reverse order. So number five, at 28 million copies sold, we have the soundtrack to Greece. Of course. At number four with 30 million copies sold, Titanic. God. Okay, well, I, that's one where I was thinking score. I wouldn't have. I, I wouldn't right. have placed that one. But uh, right. so, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I was trying. That's where I was trying to go with the one particular song thing. Right. But, yep. 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 I am um, yeah. at number three with thirty-two million copies sold. Is Dirty Dancing? Okay. Right. At number two, at forty million copies, is Saturday Night Fever. Uh-huh. Neither of you got the number one, which I totally is, thought it was Saturday Night Fever. That's interesting. Okay. Right. Uh, at number one, with forty-five million copies sold, The Bodyguard. Oh God! Oh of wow! Course. Of, that makes a ton of sense. What yeah. was the song? And I will always I love will you. Always That's love you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Huh? Wow. wow. Okay. Good list. Good job, a, Ray. That was a tough one. Yeah. All right. So it's a tie. So you have to sing it's for both of our birthdays. <laughs> uh, well, you get Chumbawamba, and <laughs> yeah, you get Chumbawamba, and he gets Rihanna. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a good game. It is now time for. 
the list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> every week, if uh, in case you haven't listened to the show before, every week we take a list of choices voted on in our Discord community that pertain to the movie that Andy and Pete are talking about on the main show that week. So this week, Andy, what did we have going on? We are the ninth film of our uh, of our Oliver Stone in the 80s series. We're looking at his film Talk Radio that he did I with Eric Bogosian. And uh, yeah, Pete and I had never seen it before and it totally blew both of us away. It instantly is like now one of my favorite Oliver Stone films. I couldn't nice. believe I had never seen it before. So good. And yeah, that's what we're talking about. And because of that, now we're looking at movies with big monologues. All right, Andy, you went first with trailers. So what is your first monologue? All right, so we... we Kind of, I don't think we fully agreed on this, but it was thrown out as a challenge that we had to perform these. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we go. Um, and, you know, because some of these monologues are longer than others, I'm really, and because I just don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do the entire thing because I'm really not that good. I'm going to do just a small portion of the monologue, and I think that will cover enough of it. So, Perfect. so first off, here we go. You ready for this? <laughs> okay. Drainage! Drainage, <laughs> Eli, you boy! Drains dry. If you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw, look, there it is, you see? And my straw reaches across the room, and I start to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, there you, you go. Have there will your be blood. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was phenomenal. There Mr. Will Plainview, be blood. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Oh, I really man. wanted to get up and start moving across the room with sure. my straw, but you know. and then beat Ray with a bowling pin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For those that don't know, do you want to explain who you were just That's, doing? That was Daniel Plainview. Uh, that is uh, an epic monologue at the end of "There Will Be Blood," P.T. Anderson's film, uh, with just uh, uh, just a fantastic uh, performance by. Uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis mm-hmm. as this oil man who, and in this particular case, he's confronting Eli, who is a, a religious person, and they they had kind of been back and forth with their characters over the course of the film, and this is kind of the big climactic con- confrontation in his uh, kind of basement bowling alley that he has at his house, um, explaining how he's kind of won, I guess. Quite the scene, and quite a lot it. of memes generated from it, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great pick. So I'm next. And for mine, uh, I'm not going to do the whole thing. I have the the official book of the script because I'm fancy. Oh, but um, I can't do the whole thing because it takes up eight full pages in the script. And 20 minutes of screen time. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow, that is a monologue. Now, there are a few, like, questions given to him here and there, but they're very short, and it's just him talking this whole time. So I will read you part of it. 
Now, this is significant because it is standard operating procedure, especially in a known hostile city like Dallas, to supplement the Secret Service. Even if we had not allowed the bubble top to be removed from the limousine, we'd have put at least 100 to 200 agents on the sidewalks without question. There'd already be several attempts on de Gaulle's life in France. Only a month before in Dallas, UN Ambassador Adlai Stevenson had been spit on and hit. We'd have arrived days ahead of time, studied the route, checked all the buildings, we never would have allowed all those wide-open, empty windows overlooking Dealey. Never. You would have had our own snipers covering the area. You would have felt an army presence that day. Nice, Mr. X. Excellent. That is X, played by Donald Sutherland in Oliver Stone's film, uh, uh, mm-hmm. JFK. <laughs> Excellent. That's Strong a great, That's choice. one of my favorite films. That's such a great, gripping sequence. And it's a... You know, because that's he. There was no Mister X, like he's an amalgamation right. of right. Oliver Stone. Can't fit all of the stuff in, so he just gives this one huge dump to one person. I just think it's fantastic. Good work. That's a great one. Yeah, love it. All right, Tommy, you are next. Um, this film is known for a zillion different monologues, and one in particular. So I picked a different one. This is my favorite monologue from this movie, <clears throat> and I'm going to try to perform it. Here we go. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. You know you got a big mouth. You make it close. This whole place stinks with your farts for a week. How much you just ingested. Oh, what a big man you are. Hey, let me buy you a pack of gum. I'll show you how to chew it. Oof. Your pal closes and all that comes out of your mouth is bile. Oh, how fucked up you are. (laughs) That's my favorite part of that movie. I love it. What is that? I'm not sure I know the movie. Uh, it's uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah. That's uh, oh, Ricky course. Roma. That's Al Pacino saying that to right. Ed Harris after the uh, Shelly the Machine Levine does his big sale and, <laughs> and, uh, right. and that's the whole thing. Yeah. God, so that's mouth, such a good movie. All that comes out of your mouth is bile. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Of course, most people would obviously pick the, whatchamacallit, the Alec Baldwin. Speech. Yeah, yep, the one. Yep, yep. Which did you guys know, probably everyone knows this, I shouldn't start it like that, but that that's not in the play? I knew that because of the next reel. Oh, really? Okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> that that was just written for the movie. For, for Alec the, Baldwin, the, yeah. For Alec Baldwin, yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, that's me. Excellent. All right, so... Andy. Okay, back to me. Uh, I've got to bring a different persona uh, up for this. So uh, here we go. Oh. Uh, And again, this is just a portion of it. But she was deeply, 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 deeply loved by her brother. The brother who watched her pay for her honesty by losing first her job and then her life. The brother who swore he would make it up to her, but on her terms as a woman. And just as proud to be a woman as she ever was. For I am not Emily Kimberly, daughter of Dwayne. No, I'm not. But I'm Edward, Edward Kimberly, the recluse brother of Anthea. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love that movie. I was hoping somebody so was going to pick this because what I love it? that scene. That's Tootsie. That's uh, Dustin Hoffman at the end oh, of Tootsie. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, I'm sure, what everybody is saying right now about that one. But <laughs> I love it. I, I almost, that was a backup, but uh, it's not on my main list, but I was hoping somebody would say it. I love it. <laughs> it's a, it's a great one. And there's so much more. And that's where, you know, he is, he can't get a job as an actor in New York. So he dresses as a woman and ends up getting a job 
performing in this soap opera and becomes huge and popular and ends up kind of improving all the time and really kind of taking this character to places that no one thought uh, with women's rights and all this sort of stuff. And then, of course, this is the big end when he finally, uh, not to spoil the movie, but here I am spoiling it, he reveals himself uh, and takes off his outfit, <laughs> which is perfect for a soap opera. And of course, Bill, Bill Murray has the best line after that, who's watching from home, and he's just like, that is one nutty hospital. <laughs> love that oh, movie so much. It's such a great one. All right. So for this movie, um, it's a longer speech, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, hopefully you recognize it. If not, you need to watch this movie. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there is room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical. Our cleverness, hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. I'm going to stop it there because it's much, much longer. Adventures in Babysit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that Mockingbird? It's Chaplin. It's uh, the great dictator, right? It is Charlie Chaplin's yes. first oh. fully talky film, I believe. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, the wow. The Great Dictator, 1940. With, with Hinkle as, he the, uh, he, as the Hitler-like right. character. He, he actually played a dual role in that movie. It, he played the Jewish barber, and he plays uh, Hinkle. it's definitely worth checking out it's (laughs) it's a really it's funny and then it it, it, i mean it's very much his kind of perspective on on life he's really kind of laying it out there at the end of the film but it works really well and it was made during the war so that's like even more ballsy to be making a film like that's kind of pushing at hitler while he's still in power so wow good pick all right tommy what's your second choice (laughs) oh i have a lot and I don't know which one. <laughs> I'll do this one. No, it's so sad. I don't want to do that one. <laughs> it's so sad. All of that are so sad. Okay, here's one. Here's one that's not sad. Um, he was a pro. He never made it this far. Look how far we've come. We've got a chance. But still, don't you realize? The next time we see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, it'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the bestest stuff for us. But right now, they got to do what's right for them because it's their time. Their time up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. <laughs> I don't remember how he says that last line. But <laughs> well, what a, but it's so funny, like, because it's such a, like, a heartfelt thing. And then when you end it like that, it's Troy's bucket. I know. <laughs> I love did you that get movie. it when I did the their time up there down here? It's our time. That's, that's like seems like the signifier. That's the exactly. one that stuck in my head. Yep, that's uh, that totally is when I nailed Sean it. Sean Astin from Goonies. I love that one. The that's, that's one of those bucket. '80s uh, kids films that you watch with your kids. And like, oh boy, they're 
Swearing a lot more than I remember. <laughs> I'm, <sorry. laughs> I'm not going to lie. At first, I thought that was the Breakfast Club. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I went idiot. back and forth between that and Chunk spilling his guts about all the horrible things he's done. When they were going to put his uh, thing, <laughs> oh, and he's I like, and I stole bit, yeah. my, yeah, I stole my <laughs> uncle's beard and I put it on. Yeah, exactly. that was the guy saying, I, kinda, I like this kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Andy, what was your final pick? All right. For my final pick, um, you know, I ended up going, I, I, I had so many options that I was going round and round with, but I ended up um, landing on this one, partly because it's a great monologue, partly because, again, it has Alec Baldwin, who does great monologues. We just mm. talked about his and Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross. Talk radio, he's in that, and he has a monologue there. This is, uh, well, let me just do it here. Mm. The question is, do I have a God complex? <laughs> Which makes me wonder if this lawyer has any idea as to the kind of grades one has to receive in college to be accepted at a top medical school, or if you have the vaguest clue as to how talented someone has to be to lead a surgical team. I have an MD from Harvard. I am board certified in cardiothoracic medicine and trauma surgery. I have been awarded citations from seven different medical boards in New England, and I am never, ever sick at sea. So I ask you, when someone goes into that chapel and they fall on their knees and they pray to God that their wife doesn't miscarry or that their daughter doesn't bleed to death or that their mother doesn't suffer acute neural trauma from post-operative shock, who do you think they're praying to? Now, you go ahead and read your Bible, Dennis, and you go to your church and with any luck, you might win the annual raffle. But if you're looking for God, he was in operating room number two on November 17th and he doesn't like to be second guessed. You ask me if I have a God complex? Let me tell you something. I am God. Boom. Good. I totally forgot about wow, Did you know dude. that the original version was I am Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> but they changed it because that didn't make any sense. Is that Aaron Sorkin? <laughs> Did he write that? I don't know, uh, but I'm going to look maybe right Aaron now. Aaron Sorkin wrote that movie. What's it called? Malice. Uh, it is Malice, Malice from 1993, right. directed by Harold Becker. And you're right. Uh, Aaron, it is Sorkin, Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Well, he, he wrote the, uh, the yeah story and script, he, which he wrote with Scott Frank, actually. Oh, wow. What a dream team. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Good. That was completely off my list. And that that part of the trailer, like that movie instantly became infamous just because that's such an amazing line. Yeah. And I don't think anyone actually saw the movie. <laughs> it, but it's it's such a good movie. Like that, Is it really? I, nobody talks about that movie, but it's really, yeah. it's an interesting film. And it's, you know, Nicole Kidman, Bill Pullman, Alec Baldwin. I mean, it's a great, it's wow. a great trio, trio mm. leading the story. So uh, definitely worth checking out. So that's my final pick. Great Malice. choice. Great choice. I need to watch that. I really definitely do. You should. Yeah. All right. My final pick. I'm, I was torn between two. And they are both equally awesome and equally dumb. Oh. (laughs) So um, I'm going to just go with this one. When some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against the barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you paid your dues, you just (laughs) stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And that is, of course, the one and only Jack Burton from the movie... Big Trouble in Little China. Perfect. Huzzah. Very good. Tommy, awesome. what you got for your last one? All right. I'm still just not going to do the sad one. <laughs> so I'm just going to do this one. This one's happier. You were nothing before you met me. You were playing Barbies with Betty Finn. You were a brownie. You were a bluebird. You were a Girl Scout cookie. I got you into a Remington party. 
What's my thanks? It's on the hallway carpet. I get paid in puke. Monday morning, your history. I'll tell everyone about tonight. Transfer to Washington. Transfer to Jefferson. No one at Westerberg is going to let you play their reindeer games. Tough one. Oh. I totally. The signifier is I got paid in puke. Well, I was going to say Heathers, but then all of a sudden it was like, it's college. And I'm like, it's not Heathers. It's not legally blonde. Is it Heathers? It's 100% Heathers. Yeah. Okay. That's so funny because it, it, you the way that you were saying about talking about the schools, I'm like, oh, it's not it's not a high school story. So, yeah, you threw me there. But that's a good one. God, that's a Yeah, because she got them into, I think, a college party. That's the Remington right. party. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Such right. a good pick. Oh, I love that movie. Did you guys have any backups? So um, many. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot. And then the question was, well, which which of these am I willing to perform? And, and you know. <laughs> To a certain extent, it's like, are they are they fun? Are they good enough? But like Goodwill Hunting, Michael Clayton, Mommy yep. Dearest, The Third Man, In Cold Blood, Manchurian Candidate, and Taken were some of the other backups that I had. Mm. Which one from Michael Clayton? I had one. It was the one where um, uh, what's his name is breaking yeah, down and doing exactly. The big. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. I had the one of cops like hit and runs. When he goes mm. and he's playing, when he says, oh, there's no play here, there's no angle, there's no champagne room. Yep, I'm yep. not a miracle worker. I'm a janitor. God, I love that movie so much. I do, too. It's such a great one. I had, yeah, Michael Clayton. I had American Beauty, Lester Burnham's final thing Ooh. about how my heart fills up uh, yeah. with like a balloon that it's going to burst. I had Sarah Goldfarb. That was the sad one from Requiem for a Dream. Mm. Oh, I had yeah. that scene, but it's just so sad. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, and I had Molly Bloom from Molly Bloom. Is that what that Molly, Molly's game? <laughs> Molly's game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, more, and then, more Sorkin, right? Correct. And then the yeah. final uh, Brad Pitt monologue from Killing Them Softly, which I didn't do because I think I'm the only person that has seen that movie. <laughs> yeah, you might be. You might be. <laughs> it's nice. very good. Uh, the only other two I was really considering going with were um, <laughs> Bluto from Animal House. The Was it over when the <laughs> Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Funny. Hell no! <laughs> Germans, uh, just go with it. He's rolling. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then um, from Halloween, Donald Pleasance's speech about the devil's eyes. Mm, gotcha. Ooh. Gotcha. I actually have that one completely memorized. Oh, so you could have done that one. All right. So that was our list. I think that, that was a really good one. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it's, fun. it's, it's a little more work as, having to perform them, but it <laughs> was still fun. But at least the topic wasn't as narrow as it could be sometimes. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So we are you. By we, I mean you and Pete, Andy, seem mm-hmm. to be wrapping up the Oliver Stone in the '80s series. We are born on the Fourth of July. That's yeah. a fun movie. And Number ten so, on the list. Yeah, and it's going to be coming out on April first. What a joke. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but so with that being said, we need to come up with three list topics for next week's Sat Matt hosts to come up with movies for. And next week, it looks like it's going to be Pete, Steve and Mandy. Let's give them bad ones. <laughs> Born on the 4th of July. So obviously we have uh, Vietnam. I actually... You know what? I have one that is not on this list. Protagonist who makes a big 180 life decision. Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's a, uh, let's put that one down. That's great. What do you think about wheel, wheelchair-bound acting? How does that work for you guys? It works for me. Can you think of a lot of movies with it? That's, that's my big concern with that, is that 
there aren't many, but I, I don't, I don't can know. Think Maybe of a couple. Yeah. I like accidentally killing someone. <laughs> so <laughs> no have... idea why I'm laughing at that. That's a horrible thing to laugh at, <laughs> but I like that one too. Okay. So wheelchair bound acting 180 life choice, accidentally killing somebody. Awesome. That's a chipper one for uh, for them to go with. This <laughs> yeah, have fun, guys. <laughs> All right. So there are three choices. And if you want to vote in next week's list challenge, it is really simple to do. All you have to do is go to the Show Talk channel in the Next Real Discord community. And there you can lend your vote to the chaos that we like to call list picking and movie sabotage each week. Now, you might wonder... How does a layman like me or a laywoman or a layperson get access to the Show Talk channel? Well, I am so glad you asked. It is so fun. All you have to do is head over to thenextreel.com slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts for just $1 per month. You can become a one reeler. You can join our online community in our Discord server. And then for a few dollars more a month, you can become a two-reeler supporter, and that allows you to join us for show live streams as we record, like the one that we're doing right now, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, and also access to the super secret member channels in Discord. I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, if it's easier for you, you can support with a single annual donation at either of those levels, too. So... It really is very convenient. Convenience is slapped all over this thing, folks. Lastly, if uh, you listen to the show, then you are familiar with Letterboxd, which is a great social media place for movie lovers where you can write your reviews and log what movies you watch and stay in contact with what your friends are watching. And we use that here at The Next Reel. Uh, you can find us at Letterboxd. And if you use it, they're currently offering a discount to anyone listening to The Next Reel. So all you got to do for that is head over to thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd. That's boxed without the E, so letter B-O-X-D. And you can upgrade your Letterboxd account to either pro or patron and receive a 20% off discount. And if you're already a member, you don't have to fret because the discount also works for renewals. Mm. So that was a great show, fellas. This was a great way to spend a Saturday morning. I thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you, buddy. Great job with the games. Great job hosting. Great beard. Well, thank you. I only aspire to the best, Tommy. Thank you. Goodbye, gentlemen. And uh, we'll see you next time, folks. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. 
If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our Originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. (laughs) 